I know there's some Pancras GC are, are pumped today after they after Bex was baptised this morning. So that's great. Also great to be with the Beyond Bars GC the other week and baptised Charlie and Hampstead Heath Bathing Pond. So it's great. It's good. It's good to see what God is doing among us. Um, very warm welcome if you're here for the first time. You're not familiar with us as a church and what we're currently looking at in the Bible. We're looking at the book of Galatians. And we're probably, I say we're probably midway through now in chapter 4. And um, we've, we've reached a, a point in, in the book where it's, as I said last week, uh, up, to, up to last week it was very, very doctrinally tightly woven and uh, heavy. And I think it was really worth wrestling with and, and getting through on. Last week and this week were a little bit lighter. We come up for air a little bit. As what happens here in this letter is that Paul, Paul, who wrote the letter, just, I guess he just pours out his heart to the Galatians. And that's what we're going to be looking at. A brief backdrop to the story, those of you who don't know it. The Galatians um, were a number of churches in the area of modern day sort of Turkey that Paul had established through preaching the gospel and healing the sick. Many people had come to know Jesus from non-Jewish backgrounds, which was highly controversial in those days, because Jesus was the Jewish Messiah. But the message was getting out that although he was the Jewish Messiah, he's also the saviour of the world, and all the nations can know God through him. And so these Galatians were pouring into the kingdom of God, coming to know Jesus and getting rescued and set free, enjoying new life. It was wonderful knowing the power of the Holy Spirit and miracles in their midst. And, and then some Jewish people came into the, among them and started saying, oh, you need to convert to Judaism as well. It's not enough to just know Jesus is great. He's the saviour. But, but you've got to realise, if you want to be part of God's people, the Jews are God's people, you've got to become Jewish. You've got to be circumcised. You've got to live under the law of Moses. You can't just, you can't, you can't just have Jesus. You've got to go the whole way and become a Jew. And Paul's really right and say, this is terrible, this is wrong, this is error, it's not true. Jesus is enough. It's not about converting ethnically. It's not about joining another people group, a distinct race. It's nothing like that. It's about faith in Christ being enough to secure your place as part of God's people, whatever race you're from, whatever background you're from. It's about the fact that we find, we find God through Jesus and we find one another in Jesus. And Jesus has the, the power in his work on the cross and all that he is to bring together one people from every tribe, tongue and nation, as we heard read about a moment ago, bring together one group of people before the throne of God. And that's what we're about. So we're about Revelation Church. We're not about adding on different rules and dietary requirements and fussy things here and there. We're about Jesus and his sufficiency. And we con continue to celebrate that. And the Bible says that all the mysteries of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in him. The Bible talks about the unsearchable riches of Christ. So you never get to the end of Jesus. His riches are unsearchable. So we feel we're onto a good thing here and uh, enjoy looking at the book of Galatians. I'm going to read to you the passage again. Looked at last week. Four things last week that he spoke about just in the heart pouring conversation that point to the gospel. And then this week, four more things. So, uh, chapter 4, verses 12 to 20 again. Brothers and sisters, I entreat you, become as I am, for I also have become as you are. You did me no wrong. You know it's because of a bodily ailment that I preached the gospel to you at first. 
And though my condition was a trial to you, you didn't scorn or despise me, but you received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become of the blessing you felt? For I testify to you that if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They, that's the Jews who have come in, they make much of you, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It's always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I'm present with you. My little children, for whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Father, thank you for the scripture, and we just want to be under it today. We want to let your word speak. I just pray your word to be unleashed into our hearts and lives today to do what it does. Thank you that your words bring life. They are life. So we submit to you, Lord, in it. Amen. So four things about this section today that point to the gospel, just in the way Paul talks as he's pouring out his heart. First he says this, Have I then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, those Jews, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out that you may make much of them. It's always good to be made much of for a good purpose, and not only when I'm present with you. What's happened here is this. Paul came to the Galatians ill. It seems some kind of eye infection, which is why he says to them, um, that bit where he says, uh, I testify that if possible you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. It's probably some kind of eye infection. They loved him, welcomed him, and as a result got to hear the gospel. And there was an affection, a warmth, a, a connection that was deep and close and heartfelt. Uh, But now they're doubting his gospel message and they're doubting him. And he says this, Have I become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you, but for no good purpose. I want to talk about truth versus flattery. Truth leads to freedom, the Bible says. Jesus said, If you abide in my word, you'll know the truth, and the the truth will set you free when you know it. So true truth brings freedom. Even if it's not gospel truth, actually, it brings freedom. There's nothing like being caught in a web of deceit. You know those conversations where you don't know if you can trust the first thing the person's saying, and you're, you just feel there's no freedom here, so I don't know what to think or what to believe. When, when you are faced with truthfulness, even when it hurts, at least you know what the landscape is, you've got freedom to act. Do you understand what I mean? So even on a non-spiritual gospel level, truth brings freedom. How much more gospel truth brings freedom to our souls? The Bible says that Jesus is full of grace and truth. And I want to talk about embracing gospel truth for a moment and embracing the truthfulness of God towards us. You see, gospel truth is fundamentally God's truthfulness about us, to us. Which sometimes can be hard to hear. Because gospel truth means good news truth, but it does start with some bad news. God's assessment of us is that he doesn't make much of us in this flattering kind of way. He actually speaks about us in terms that are quite hard to swallow. The Bible says there's no one who's good, not even one. Sorry. You may have turned up today and think, I'm a good person.